Good morning. It's 9.30 precisely on Tuesday, the 28th of April, 2020. It's Tour Day Tuesday, and that means another cracking hour of radio blogging fun. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. Oh, I was super excited, super excited. We have Carol Vorderman listening. Hello, Vorders. Lovely, absolutely love you. And Carol's doing an awful lot of work herself, very similar to what we're doing with some maths challenges and some maths learning. Thank you so much indeed for all you do. And thanks very much indeed for the many retweets we are about to receive. We are, of course, eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Really, really good. Uh, listeners, get in contact with us, just like Carol has done, and lots of other folk as well. Good morning to Sir David Carter as well, who's also listening thank you so much for dropping in thanks so much indeed for your supportive tweet earlier this morning we're on twitter folks at radio blogging couldn't be simpler just tag us in we all of us see all of the tweets and we can each give you a mention on the show we're on email as well radio blogging at gmail.com and you can contact my studio on 07624 802 and you won't believe it tweets are all re- and texts are already in thank you so much that number one more time 07624 802 272 uh, text to that mobile are free from most mobiles in the uk so text away lovely uh, to give you a shout out and thanks so much indeed exciting part of the day it's time to meet the man himself start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net good morning sir how are you I'm in absolutely cracking form this morning, and I'm really looking forward to the Piers Torday uh, reading. He's an author, Russell, that um, I've enjoyed reading over the last few years, a new author. Um, And as soon as I read The Last Wild, I thought, wow, this is absolutely cracking. And I know a lot of teachers will be listening in, a lot of children will be listening in who've had his books as class readers. So I'm really looking forward to that. And he's reading today from The Frozen Sea. Mm-hmm. And earlier on, Russell, I was tweeting about The Frozen Sea. And you, I, I, you know what I'm like with technology. I don't really understand it all. But you know how sometimes when you write something on the, um, on the computer, it changes the spellings, doesn't it? It does. Yes. So I wrote... <laughs> But Piers' book is not called The Frozen Sea. According to me, it's called The Frozen Seal. <laughs> well, he's listening. Piers has just tweeted. He's listening in. For that, we apologise. There's another book there. There's another book there. It's all about a frozen seal <laughs> in, found in the refrigerator. Uh, but I know I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, more of that uh, when we get into uh, that particular section. Yeah, I was up early this morning. Um, I've made my bed, I've done my teeth, I've had a forage in the porridge, all is good on that front. Phone the aged aunt, Crunchy and Crispy have not been behaving themselves. Um, Piers, Crunchy and Crispy are the aged aunt's dogs. One is sort of small and scotty-like and the other is big uh, and rather wild with bulging eyes. And they have been into the cornflakes, they have been in and raided her cornflakes, cornflakes all over the kitchen. She was absolutely frothing. She was furious with them. Well, I do think it's important that we clock in uh, with family members. I think that really, really is important. And uh, even though she ranted at me for a bit, <laughs> I think it was important to clock in so she could tell uh, tell them off. She was talking to me on the phone and having a go at them at the same time. It was really rather funny, but I managed not to laugh um so all well on that front and i have breaking news because you know that gerald the mouse who lives in the house um has been absent for a few days um last time i can't remember last time we saw him uh, mel screamed at him the other day but he has made a return he was sighted a glimpse of him scuttling along last night and i i had an idea You know, in the story that we're developing this week, across the whole week, uh, and yesterday we launched Ty and Mariana in the great airship and off on an adventure, but then there was this terrible thunderstorm and they're coming down, but they don't know where they're going to land. I did wonder whether Gerald had joined the crew. What do you think? 
well, I don't know. We there's another book there, isn't there? <laughs> Gerald's so, Aeronautical Adventures. Yes, the Aeronautical Adventures of Gerald. So I think I might have him as a crew member. The trouble is, of course, I should have put him in at the beginning, and we've already had the beginning, but I'll see if I can sneak him in. So there we are. That's the update, Russell. And I'm really looking forward to today. Uh, and I love I love our classroom. This is a, a different sort of classroom, but I love it because we're getting to know people. We're getting to know children. We're getting to know them as young writers. Uh, and it's just a lovely, enjoyable thing to do each day, a good, positive thing. So I'm looking forward to today. And as normal, um, head teacher Ian, Rocky and I, we're going to start the day with some games. Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pi. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Pi. What a great intro that was. Mm, well, I'm I'm firing on for a man with a bus pass. I'm doing well. I'm You're firing on top form this morning. Top form. Top form. I'm firing on all cylinders, full of enthusiasm. And um, those of you who've not joined us before, and peers. Uh, I did say uh, when I texted Piers, now I messaged him and I said, well, I'll, I'll talk you through as we go along. Um, we always start with a couple of language games just to tune ourselves in, just to warm ourselves up. Ian and I play the games. And those of you in school and those of you at home, you listen to the games, make the odd note in your notebook. And then once we've introduced you to the games and modeled them, played them, then you have a turn at playing them at home or in school. And we have some sort of musical interlude while you do that. And the first game, Ian, is the old word association game. Now, yes. normally that is played where I say a word like clock and you think of a word that is associated with it. So you would say time. You can do it the other way round where I say clock and you have to think of a word that is not associated with it. So you say porridge and we keep going like that. But I think we'll do the easier version. And to tune ourselves in, because today, Ty and Mariana, in the story that's developing, they are landing somewhere or other. And I thought what we might do is bounce words backwards and forwards to do with a setting. So I've got two possibilities for us. I've got a ruined city or a forest. <clears throat> Where do you think the airship's going to land? I think a forest. Okay, so um, if I say forest, then <clears throat> you've got to come up with a word that is associated with that. And we'll focus on the forest. And the secret, folks, those of you at home in school, the secret is this. We're trying to build up an image, a picture. We're trying to see the setting that we're going to uh, use in uh, use in our story. So you really have to see that in your mind. If you don't visit forests regularly, don't visit a forest because you won't be able to do it. So some of you will be going for city. Some of you um, will be going for hillside. It might be mountains. You might decide to go for uh, the seaside. That would be really like yesterday we had Malamanda. Thomas Taylor, and that book is set uh, at the seaside, and he lives um, near near the sea, so he can imagine it. You, it's very hard to imagine things that you haven't experienced. So draw on things that you know. Now, I'm pretty familiar with forests, and I have many, many walks in them, and so has he, and I'll start us off, and then we'll see. We'll bounce it backwards and forwards and see who dries up first of all. So here we go, Ian, really. Forest. Trees. Ferns. Shadows, bluebells, twigs, branches, bark, path, sunlight, ferns, moss. I know I've already said ferns. I've said it twice. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did, that was an evil laugh. I didn't do very well with that. Um, let's do another one. Okay. okay. So this one's uh, ruined. Let's do a ruined city. Okay, ruined city. Ruined city. Okay, ruined city. Oh, Jay, do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you, ruined please, city. please Let's start. Uh, I, thought, I thought I won before we'd even begun. Okay, ruined city. Bricks. Mortar. Tracks. Pathways. Vehicles. Alleys. Fencing. Pillars. Wall. Houses. Doors. Windows. Roofing. Slates. Spring. Thistles. Beams. Wood. 
trees, glass, nettles, ferns. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, say the word fern. Okay, so, <coughs> excuse me. We're now going to do a game that builds on that. We've played this one before. Uh, do you remember in the dark, dark house as a dark, dark room? And what we do with this game is we try and, again, we're going to try and build up the picture. So no action is allowed, only things. And we're going to go for a ruined city and we're going to have um, a square in the middle of the city somewhere or other. And we're going to go, um, we'll describe the square. Let's see how, let's see how we go. So um, in the dark, dark square, um, there's a there's a dark dark fountain. No, in a dark dark square, there's a fountain. Okay. In a dark dark square, there's a fountain. Uh, next to the fountain is an old pillar. So, in a dark dark square, there's a fountain, and by the fountain there is a pillar, and beside the pillar, there are slates from the rooftop. In a dark, dark square, there's a fountain. Next to the fountain, there's a pillar. Next to the fountain, there are slates from the rooftop. Underneath the slates is an old, mysterious map. In a dark, dark square, there's a fountain. And beside the fountain, there's a pillar. And on the ground, there are shattered slates. And underneath, there is an old map. And beside the map, there is the stub of a candle in a dark dark square there's a fountain next to the fountain there's a pillar uh, beside the pillar there are some old cracked slates under the slates there is a mysterious map <laughs> i've forgotten what you were doing so well <laughs> it's a candle we had there. A candle, thank a you. A candle. And of course, the secret to doing it is to try and, as you add things into the setting, the secret is try and see it in your imagination. And funnily enough, that map which you popped in there is mm. going to be fairly significant when Piers reads from the frozen sea. But we're going to have a bit of a musical interlude. There is the games. You've got the word association. And then you've got in a dark, dark city or in a dark, dark forest or in the, in the dark, dark or down by the seaside. And you build up the image. Two lovely games to play at home and in school. Uh, Russell, have we got a musical interlude of some sort? You After that, you bet we have. <laughs> this is Piers Torday and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Time for the bananas. I'm James Carter. The world is very grateful to what you and Pi and your whole team are doing. It's absolutely brilliant. You are a, literally a godsend. And I, and I say that as a humanist, but you are a godsend to the world at the moment right now. And you, give, and you give a great rhythm to every family's day. I think that's important. Everyone gets up and gets really creative because the morning is the creative time of the day. And what better than to switch on to uh, radioblogging.net. Uh, thanks, James. Always good to hear those nice, positive comments there as well. Mm. Do remember to get in contact, listeners. We're on email. We'll give you shout-outs later on. We are on Twitter, and you can text us as well. Enjoy the music there. <laughs> I loved it. Got my foot tapping. You know I like yeah. foot tapping music, and I'm tempted to mention the word Muppets all over again because mm. I love that one. Now we're going into... Uh, one of the bits that I really look forward to, Piers, at the end of every uh, session that we have with the children in school and uh, and at home, there's an opportunity for them to record um, a, a short creative piece that they've done. And we get the whole thing going now with one or two of those. Now, we have a running story yesterday <clears throat> in the airship, Ty and Mariana and Captain O'Halligan and the crew have set off, but they have uh, met a, a, a dreadful thunderstorm and the airship is coming down. So I thought what we do, Russell, uh, and I'm hoping we've got, I know we've got a couple of folks who've recorded for us a news break because the airship has gone missing. What have you got for us, Russell? apologise to interrupt this programme but we are here to bring you some breaking news. The airship Moonglider has disappeared during its first flight under new controls. The Moonglider ship was headed towards southern Galgazine on a searching trip to find the unknown city of Redleaf. 
Rumours have spread incredibly quickly that the airship may have been hijacked by air pirates. Stay tuned to this channel for more regular updates. I will hand over to Liz in the newsroom to find out more. Liz, are you there? Yes, I am. Now, the Moon Glider was recently purchased by a young captain, Mr Matt Combark, and his crew for 23 bars of gold, but I am afraid to say his crew is inexperienced. It is feared that they may have somehow been attacked or robbed, as you suggested, or they may have been blown off track by previous thunderstorms. There will be more of this story on the 6 o'clock news. That's all for now. Back to today's episode of Street Meat. Oh, good hand over there, eh, Pi? Oh, that was so professional, wasn't it? Crystal clear, every word, great pace. I love the way that they named it. It wasn't just an airship, it was Moon Glider. Little details like the 23 bars of gold. What a cracking piece, Russell. Have you got another one for us? I have. Now, unfortunately, this person didn't put their name, so I can't attribute it to... This is mm. to the anonymous person. More from that, David, because we really would like you to put your first names in there. So at least we can mm. say who it's from. The previous one was from Holly. This one, no idea, but it's a good effort. Breaking news. We interrupt this program to tell you that Mr. John's new airship has been stolen. Um, people think it is by air pirates, but, but we believe it to be air dragons. N no one really knows where it has gone but we are looking we'll keep you updated um, see you then good effort well done but do let <laughs> us know who you are yeah, I like that. I like the fact that it's, again, name it, that thing of um, Mr. John's airship. So we know the, know the name. It's a funny thing about names, isn't it? It's sort of the moon glider. It instantly says more than just an airship. And I like the fact he altered the uh, pirates into air dragons. I thought that was a, a, a clever one. Air dragons. I wonder what they uh, look like. They're probably a beautiful blue colour. Maybe they change colour depending on the weather. I don't know. Really nice one, Russell. Um, at the end of today, we'll talk you through how to do that. Is, is that it for today, Russell? That is it for today. We'd like more folks and we'll give you some top tips on how to do it and encourage more of you to do this. Yes, yeah, so you've got to be a little bit brave. Uh, we'll talk you through at the end of the session, but those are a couple of crackers there. I like hearing the two voices. That always brings it alive for me. Now we get into um, uh, one of the uh, favourite things that we're, we've been waiting for, which is in a moment Piers is going to read. But I do need to explain uh, a little bit uh, about uh, how this works. Now, everybody, you need to be on today's show. If you look at the, mem uh, the uh, menu at the very top, you can see today's show. It's fourth from the left. Click on that and you will be where you should be. Then start to scroll down. And just above where it says activity one, <clears throat> there is an orange rectangle that says Piers Torday response. Now, click on that, Piers, and up will come uh, a whole page devoted to your good self. Pause Torday response. And then it says there's a sort of um, uh, manuscripty looking thing picture. It says pause Torday response. Padlet. And this is what we're going to do. Piers is going to read uh, from the frozen sea. He's going to talk about it and then read. And uh, the children will be listening to that uh, and maybe making notes as you are reading. And then they're going to respond to it on this Padlet. So in order to respond, I'll just explain how you do it. Can you see in the bottom right hand corner a pink circle with a plus mark on it? Click on that. And up comes a little box and your cursor will automatically be in there and it says title. That is where you put your name. Please make sure you do that. As Russell said, it's always a bit disappointing if somebody's written something or recorded something and we can't attribute it. Then I've written pi. Drop your cursor down where it says write something. And now I am ready to write something. But of course, I can't write anything until I've heard the story. Now, how are you going to respond, folks? Well, um, this is a lovely piece that he reads. Uh, and I won't say anything about it because it, it, it might spoil it. But we could say what we liked about it, the actual text itself. We could say what we think is going to happen next. We could ask questions um, of peers. We could ask questions 
about uh, the piece that he reads. I wonder why, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. We could talk about the characters. We could try responding by um, imitating one or two of the sentences and writing something in a similar sort of vein. So all sorts of possibilities for response, but we like to give our authors a response to the reading. So you're going to have to listen carefully, get your notebook and pencil, and be ready to jot down any thoughts, maybe things that flash into your mind, images that you see, memories that come to you, any thoughts that you get. And then, Russell, We'll have a brief chat after Piers has read while the children start going on the response padlet and then we'll move into the interview. This is radioblogging.net, broadcasting live across the planet. My name is Piers Torday and I'm the author of books such as The Last Wild Trilogy, There May Be a Castle and The Lost Magician series. And if you know The Lost Magician, you'll know that it's a book that was inspired by one of my favourite books growing up, The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrobe. And it sees four children enter a mysterious world uh, through uh, a portal in an old house. And uh, the world they discover is a bit different to Narnia. It's a world of imagination called Folio, filled with characters from stories and facts brought to life. And the follow-up to that book is my latest book, The Frozen Sea, and that is inspired by another book from the Narnia series, The Silver Chair. And this story looks at a character called Jewel, who is at school in Newcastle in the 1980s, and she's having a miserable time, and she's being bullied, and she runs away from these bullies, and to escape from them, she hides in a bookshop she hasn't noticed before. It's a second-hand bookshop, and it's very deserted, and while she's waiting for the bullies to go away, she explores it with her pet hamster, Fizz, who goes with her everywhere. And she suddenly discovers a very old atlas. And it's of a place she's not heard of before. It's of a place called Folio. And as she starts leafing through this map, she starts experiencing strange sensations. So when she looks at an ocean, she feels water on her face. When she looks at a desert, she feels hot wind on her cheek. But surely... She's imagining these things and we're just going to pick up as she turns the page to see what next she finds in this map. Here was a map of a huge city with thick arteries of streets running up and down and so many buildings packed in between. It didn't look like any city she knew. There were huge pyramids, twisting helixes rather than skyscrapers, even some flying cars. The city of the unreads, Jewel read. She fancied that the noise of her own city outside suddenly sounded much louder and shivered, despite feeling a strange blast of hot air on her face from somewhere, which she tried to ignore. Now, why does that name sound familiar? The next spread was covered by miniature line drawings of trees, plants and streams, jumbled and crowded on top of one another, right to the edge of the paper. Even the scroll announcing the name of this sprawling forest was entangled with creepers but not so much that Jewel couldn't read the name. The Idea Jungle. Fizz, I'm beginning to suspect that this map must be of a fictional or imaginary land, said Jewel. Fizz gave a snort which effectively translated as, you think? As if by answer, a green shoot bearing two small leaves inexplicably rose from the spine of the book like a miniature beanstalk. Oh, no, you don't, cried Jewel. No more impossibility. That's it. She tried to slam the book shut, but she couldn't. She tried again. The book wasn't that heavy, yet something was holding the covers down like they were chained to the floor. Then the green shoot was joined by another and another and another until it looked more like a planted furrow than the paper valley of an open book. Creepers crept out from beneath the cover at an alarming rate, spreading their suckers over the pages. Jewel sprang back in fear except she couldn't, because something was grabbing at her hands. One of the creepers had flicked itself around her wrists, joined by more creepers binding them tight. More and more vines spilling out of the book spread over the shop floor, coiling themselves around her legs, her waist pulling her towards the book. Fizz! Run! Jewel managed to cry. And then the plant plunged into her mouth, silencing her. 
This is Piers Torday, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Wow. wow. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. The bit where the plant plunges into her mouth. It, oh, what a place to end. Uh, and uh, I love those sorts of hooks because you just want to read on immediately. And, of course, there are, are tinges of Narnia uh, in there quite purposefully. Um, uh, it's what we call a portal story. Um, going Narnia, uh, going into another world through some sort of magical portal. And it was it was weird because uh, Ian came up with the map. And of course, here we have um, this map. And without any spoilers, obviously, the map in some ways beginning to become alive. Uh, I thought it was very clever too, Russell, the way it was a miniature beanstalk. And of course, in Jack and the Beanstalk, the beanstalk takes you into another world. Mm -hmm. So a very clever little hint but you wouldn't necessarily notice unless you were uh, uh, listening so on the response pad padlet i've got my little box up it says pie i put i've now put what a fantastic ending a great hook as i want to read on full stop the bean stalk reminded me of uh the jack story full stop Okay, so I've got my little message uh, for, for Piers up there. And um, uh, before you post it, now you post it by clicking somewhere else on the Padlet. Before you do that, folks, please read it through because it is so easy. Um, and James Walker, one of our great teachers down in Bristol, I've had to tell him off a couple of times, <laughs> missing off capital letters and full stops. And I've got a sneaky feeling he's doing it on purpose to draw attention to himself. But anyway, reread it, double check that you've got it exactly as you would want. What a fantastic ending, a great hook as I want to read on. The beanstalk reminded me of the Jack story. So then I click on the rest of the Padlet and now it says awaiting approval. And uh, David, Mr. Mitchell, you presumably by now, because lots of our listeners know how to do this already, you will be seeing some responses coming up there. Hi, that's right. Yes, I can see uh, live every single letter that's been written in real time, which sounds fantastic. But where there are 300 of them, it can get quite busy. Um, so what I do, I before anyone in the world can see them, I just check through, read that they're suitable and then approve those uh, so that everyone can see them. And it's great to see that uh, Piers is also on there and leaving some responses to children as well. So possibly if there are any questions you have, get them down as well. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and Piers, if you are unfamiliar with uh, a Padlet, um, you what's happening now is I can just see mine. And when we first did this, I said to David, well, I can't see anything. I can only see mine. And he said, you've got to go to the very top of your computer where it says radioblogging.net. Look across to the right. And there is a semicircle with an arrow on it. And that's where you refresh the page. So if you click on that, you refresh the page and bingo, up comes about, well, we've got about 15 that have already been read through. Mrs. S, love the metaphor thick arteries to describe the roads, implications of the city being alive. Yeah, absolutely. That was a great little, just a tiny touch there of metaphor, but it worked well, doesn't it? Lewis from Stone School. I like the way it feels like a dream indeed. Dottie, I love the way you describe the places on the maps. It gave me a clear picture in my mind about how the maps would look. Also love her pet hamster. You make the hamster sound real, too. And I love hamsters. I tell you what, the, Dottie, what that reminded me of. We've had somebody on a couple of times who's got a, 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 a I think it's a hamster called Pippin. And during the recordings, Pippin is expected to take a turn, but goes silent on us at that particular point. So um, uh, uh, we've got Piers has come back to Jack and has responded to Jack saying, thanks, Jack. That's great to hear. So it's lovely to get um, some feedback uh, Jack, on um, your uh, post that you've uh, put up there. So, Russell, I think we're now, uh, we're almost ready for the interview. Now, everybody who's listening, during the interview, this is a really insightful interview. And I wrote down a whole page of things that I had learned from listening to Piers talking about uh, his writing and how he sets about writing. And I, and I think we could add to the Padlet during this bit not just responding to the reading, but responding to the interview. So make a note of what you have learned from the interview about writing. Oh, Piers, I'm on the edge of my seat. You write so beautifully. I am. 
you've hooked me in and brought me in. I'm I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. Great. As a writer, where do you start with the scene, the setting, and the characterization? So, uh, whenever I'm beginning a book or have an idea for a book, I suppose it often comes to me in not so much in words, but in a series of images. Um, they're not really images as you might remember them from a film because they're very unclear. Um, but they're just a sense of a kind of a scene, an encounter, perhaps um, uh, a view, um, a wonderful setting, um, uh, a, a chase, a battle, anything like that. And they slowly start to arrange themselves into some kind of story. Um, and what I'll the one of the first things I'll do when I'm preparing to write the book, as well as working out what the story is, which is, of course, the main job, I will read various books that might give me a sense of that setting. So to give an example, if I'm writing a fantasy book like this, The Frozen Sea, um, that I knew was going to be set to a degree in quite a wintry, icy world, as you can guess from the title, I read quite a few books that have similar settings of snow or Arctic scenery, just not so much because I'm going to sort of do what those authors did, but it gets your brain into thinking like those authors have been thinking, how they describe the feelings of cold and so on. But I'll also read a number of non-fiction books. Um, and the Frozen Sea is um, a, a book that is about a world controlled by a mysterious um, technological force through a device everyone wears on their wrists. And so I read a lot of books about artificial intelligence and technology and where the future is taking us, because often the best ideas come from reality. And often you'll read something that's really happening in the real world and you might repurpose it for, for fiction. So it's, I'm, I'm hearing that it's a very visual world to you and you're actually a very visual person, not just a writer, you're very successful in lots of other very creative areas. And I wonder whether it's that wholesome be able, uh, being able to visualise things that are very important to you. It is, it is really important to me. And I, I think one thing I've often, nice feedback I've had from children, some of my books is they often say that they really feel like they're there with the characters um, and that is important to me because I think books today are just a range of um, forms of storytelling available to anyone. We all read books but we can also all watch films. A lot of us at the moment are watching obviously these things at home. We can pretty much watch any film in the world you want to at the moment at home just as you can any any book and of course there are also games which are very immersive environments and so I strongly feel that um, books especially for children but not just for children should feel as immersive and compelling as those other forms of entertainment which I've also always enjoyed just as much and alongside books and as you said I've written plays and I've written films and I've written tv so um, I, I, I and ideas do do come to me visually and I what I try and do is focus from the point of view of the reader on what is my character feeling, uh, sensations on their skin, their, what they're smelling, the sense of emotions running through their brain at a rapid rate, um, not, not just for creating action or drama, but also for creating emotional intensity and um, uh, other feelings like that. Uh, so it's, it's a mixture of, yes, being visual, but also trying to create that immersive quality. It's a very special skill, and you can add another adult to your list there as well. I mean, just amazing, quite amazing. Um, your notebook, how, how do you write down? How do you structure your writing? Do you have a notebook? Do you have a sketchbook? How, how does all of that amass itself? So what happens is there's um, a stage when the, the beginning stage, which I've just been talking about, is when I'm really reading around the subject. I'm reading books of a similar genre, um, one of the reasons I do that is to, I, I always think you have a slight, without being pompous about it, you have a slight obligation. If so many stories have been told, there's nothing wrong with retelling those kinds of stories, but you do have a slight duty to try and do them differently to the way other people have. At the same time, if you do them so differently, there's a chance they might not work. So I try and read classics by other authors to see how they did, I don't know, uh, uh, 
uh, a battle between two ships at sea, for example, which is technically quite difficult. And you see how they did and think, oh, that's interesting. And then you try and do it differently. So I make notes about that. And then, as I said, I do my research into the actual whatever I'm writing about, make notes about that. Um, But those notes are really just a kind of record of things that I found interesting. As the story starts to take shape, I actually start to plot that out on computer. And I then what I do is I transfer all my handwritten notes to um, a program called Scrivener that I use. Um, and maybe other writers you talk to use the same thing. And this program is rather amazing because basically what it does is on one screen, you have all the stuff, you're, the actual book, all the notes. Um, but also I can drag in pictures from the Internet, web pages, even video clips, bits of music. So really, I can without really leaving the workspace, which is often the disaster for people when they're just in the age of distraction. I can have all my notes, all my references, all in one place. So I kind of, when I'm writing, I try and stay in the world of the book, if that makes sense. It certainly does. It certainly does. I was expecting you to say a sketchbook or something like that, or you don't write words, you actually just draw. I mean, you talked about pictures there. Do you actually sketch mm. images in, in this process? I, I do know, I'd really like to more. When I was younger, I, I did a lot. And I think I've, um, I think entering the professional children's book world, I suddenly became aware of just... Um, how amazing so many illustrators I've slightly lost faith in my own drawing but actually I do collect a a lot of not my images but photographs of of the internet and often um I'll I'll fix on this program a little picture to each chapter um that may have come from anywhere it may be a still from a movie it may be just a stock image of a landscape it could be or could be a photograph I've taken um it doesn't really matter but it's sort of that that's where I get my visual inspiration from thank you well there's plenty of inspiration in this interview thank you so much I've so enjoyed chatting to you I feel that we've had a um a look into your magical world Piers Tordy thank Thanks, you so awesome. much for joining us you too take care bye-bye <laughs> This is radioblogging.net. Wow, that, that was very, very insightful. And I picked up a lot about um, Piers's uh, writing process. So I'm now going to put up um, a, a, another response. And this time I'm going to respond to the interview. So I click on the pink circle uh, where it says title. I put my name, Pi, drop the cursor down to write something. And um I'm going to I picked up on the bit about the research um, and I'm going to write. I think in school we need to let the children spend more time before writing doing some research because we had and then I'm going to reread it before I post it. Um, yeah, that's accurate. I uh, got my capitals full stop. It says what I wanted it to say. Click. And it's awaiting approval. Um, we had um, uh, Frank Cottrell Boyce talked about if he's doing a book on robots, um, he will create a scrapbook. I love that idea. Finding out information, doing little drawings, visualizing. Um, and that would be uh, the work that he did before he got into the story. But Michelle Paver talking about how she had to go off and find out about wolves and made journeys uh, to the sorts of settings that she was putting in her books. And now we've had uh, Piers talking there about his research, reading nonfiction, but also reading fiction as well to tune himself in. I suppose, Russell, in many ways, this is how we build our imaginative world. It has to be fed with ideas. Mm. Well, um, if you come out of that one, Piers, from there, there's lots to respond to. And I know the children will keep adding uh, uh, bits and bobs on uh, so you can come back later. But if you come back out onto the main uh, page we now do our creative padlets so the first one is that bigger picture of the ancient city and um the what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves for writing here so we're going to write um some descriptive sentences now because this is just an image it's tempting to describe what you can see but remember if we're building a setting we need to bring all our senses to it so that we um, create in the reader's mind a powerful image that is concretely described so that the reader can experience it and see it and feel it for themselves. So you can imagine that you're in there 
Um, Tim Rylands used to talk about jumping into the picture. What would you hear if you were in this ancient city? What can you see? Okay, so I'm clicking on the little circle. I put my name, Pi, and now I write my descriptive sentence calling upon metaphor imagery to build that image if I need it. So um, what should we have? Um, there's sort of a dull brown orange, the orange. So the city walls, the city walls reflected the evening sunlight uh, as uh, it slipped over the horizon something like that casting dark shadows and remember what we said yesterday concentrate on the story get it down and then reread it and if you need to tweak it and polish it you can the city walls reflect the evening sunlight as it slipped over the horizon casting dark shadows okay i'm pleased with that so i click on there so everybody will be getting into this russell now writing their descriptive sentences do you think we should have some sort of short interlude or straight some on? sort no let's go for some music i'm so so interested in some music it's a little drizzly this afternoon and for mm -hmm. all those parents who are home educating i just want to say uh, good morning everyone and welcome to your first wet playtime and good luck with that This is radioblogging.net, here for you every weekday at 9.30 a.m. Wow. And I, I just love it, Russell, when I refresh the page, because up they come. <laughs> uh, and I know David will be working really hard because, as we've said, everything gets read, everything gets double-checked, uh, and we can then... It's like magic. They suddenly appear, all these creative sentences. Lucy, I'm loving this. The city walls reflected the pain that the city had gone through. Gone once, the sun is down and flooded through the city when the light touches the corrupted walls of the city. There's lots of ideas in there. I love, Lucy, that idea of the city walls reflecting the pain uh, that the city had gone through. And then you said gone once. We've got a repetition of that word gone. And I think you can nip back and sort that out. And what I mean by nipping back, folks, is if when you've posted it, you reread it and think, not too sure about that, you can put your cursor over where you've written and up will come a little box with three dots in it and click on that. And then you will be able to edit your own writing. Um, Sophie, the bricks crumbled as the wind gently brushed past the city, causing a whistle echoing through the valley, like that idea of the uh, wind echoing in the valley. Nearly read my own one out there. I was thinking that's a good sentence. And I realized I'd written it. <laughs> Phoebe, the gold flecked sandstone bricks like that gold fleck there, Phoebe. Nice little image looked up and with their glass eyes, they gazed up at the ghostly moon. You might Phoebe, lovely idea, but you might be able to tighten that up. The gold flecked sandstone bricks looked up with their glass eyes. What about gazed up with their glass eyes at the ghostly moons? Knit back, Phoebe. I think you can tighten that one up. Oh, we got a huge one from Piers. Let's read that one through. So see whether he's up to scratch. The parapets and walls of the ancient city jostled for space in the desert sun as Kai approached. He'd been traveling for days and was desperate for water. The red brown stone towers and streets did not look promising. But he had no other choice unless he could get his message to Lord Pasina by sundown. His family tribe risked extinction from the bargain. He urged his horse Feste on. Just a few more steps, old girl, he said, as Feste plodded up the cracked steps to the city. When something very strange happened. Oh, I love that little hook at the end. Fantastic work. So... Lots of you will be still adding. Don't just do one, but do two or three and read each other's. And if you like it, click on that little heart. We always like to get a bit of a response back. Now let's drop down to activity two, because your spate, your airship may land in the great city or you may put it somewhere else. So I put in a contrast here. So this is mountains and forests and exactly the same sort of activity. We're going to put some descriptive sentences here. So I'm clicking on that pink circle. I think we all know what we're doing now. Up comes my little padlet. So I title, I put my name, Pi, drop the cursor down, and I begin typing in my descriptive sentences. And get them in, folks, as if they were, as, as Piers did, uh, as if they were part of a story. So you're bringing that setting 
uh, alive and getting our character moving through that setting or approaching the setting. And I think while we're working on this, um, Russell, we could have a, another bit of a cheery interlude and maybe a few shout outs to people. We certainly can. And I can certainly oblige with that one uh, coming up this Friday. Hello, radio bloggers. Uh, my name is Peter Bunzel. And the latest book is called Shadow Sea. Uh, so a fantasy version of New York and then also partly under the ocean in a sort of submarine uh, city. Dark secrets never stay submerged for long. Swept into the bright hustle and bustle of New York, Lily, Robert and Malkin discover that danger lies beneath the city's surface, for there are chilling goings on, a strange boy held captive who needs their help, and a shadowy professor with a treacherous plan. Searching for clues, Robert and Lily are plunged into deep water, but will they uncover the deadly truth in time to survive? So that's the blurb from the back of the book. That's something to look forward to this Friday, listeners. We're having a cracking week. I hope you're enjoying it. Shout-outs from yesterday. Anthony in EK would like to say thank you to everyone for helping him for his learning and a shout-out to his cousins, Nicholas and Christian. How lovely is that? Getting contact with us. That's really nice. Please can have a shout-out for Emma and Dean from P5, P6 in Skelmory Primary School. You certainly can. Hello to Barley Fields Primary School and Ingleby Berwick. Thank you very much indeed. And this one, hello from Edie. Uh, hello to you as well on twitter thank you loads from pierce you are very active sir thank you very much at pierce tordy if you want to follow that author listeners he's absolutely brilliant there uh mark uh, brocker uh, good to see you back sir thank you so much indeed miss wood as well lovely comments and some lovely writing there as well claire worrell a uh, lovely tweet from you thank you so much indeed kim uh, mccalmott absolutely loved it's going to read this one out fantastic session with pierce talking about his writing process Excuse me. He underlined the fact that children and adults cannot create worlds in their writing if they haven't got something tangible to create around it. First-hand experience, cultural capital. Kim, couldn't agree more with you, and that is exactly our mission, really, in what we're doing. Uh, Miss Neeson, thank you so much indeed for that. Louise Liversidge, I hope I got that right. Hello to you. A wow. Not sure if it's a wow for the show or a wow for Rachel's shoes. She has banana split shoes. Of course she does. A very good morning to Maria Richards as well. Good to have you listening with us as well. Miss C, hello. Loving the show as well. Easy, easy peasy to get a shout out, folks. Just tag us on Twitter or drop us an email. Uh, good morning to Pam as well. Uh, she's a new listener, I think. Hello to you as well. Uh, Pam Dance too. Uh, thank you so much indeed. I'm pleased you do. That's really good news as well. Hello to uh, a lovely, a lovely animation there from Maria this morning. That really caught my attention. And Helen Lewis as well. Thank you so much indeed. It's lovely to hear from you. Uh, from Gorsfield Primary School, uh, Miss Platt has been working on a creative writing using us. How very kind. It's really, really good as well. And lovely examples. Thank you so much indeed and it's a lovely countdown clock there as well uh, carol hope you're enjoying the show uh, ian what do you have for us <laughs> thanks very much russell uh, 21 minutes past 10 this morning on tuesday the 28th of april you're listening to radioblogging.net now i have got so many shout outs and emails but this is a good opportunity for you to, for me to tell you that this afternoon i'll be back with my afternoon show at 2 15 on westwood radio but also radioblogging.net where i will carry over many 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 of your shout outs we've got some music we've got some games as well so do please join me for that wilfred good morning lovely to hear from you this morning uh also miss little shout out to kai phoebe lewis and axel keep mrs murrin busy with your fantastic work for me i think they probably will thank you very much for getting in touch julia from daventry thank you uh, for getting in touch this morning also george would like a shout out to erin and rowan isabel uh, has been in touch this morning vienna from stone with woodford school wants a shout out to ava j lily maggie um, missing you lots Neve and also her sister Fionn as well Aidy uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly from Warren Road enjoyed yesterday's show thank you very much indeed I hope you're enjoying all of the shows uh, this really really another lovely show this morning Sebastian good morning to you Mrs Knapman it's day two for us here at year five at Greenfield Primary School love the show yesterday looking forward to today's activities I hope you're enjoying it as well Clem and Aurora they're returning listeners uh, enjoying can't wait for radio blogging it's your third week listening well good for you Vian loving the 
the show every day. Thank you so much. Jack is back as well this morning and enjoying the show. Um, they are on the contact Padlet. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on the contact Padlet on the top of the show page. There is a link to that. Um, we've also had people commenting and uh, again, so many people getting in touch. Nicholas has been in touch this morning. So is Lucy. Good morning to you, Amelia and Lucas. They're missing their teachers and their friends at Brassington Primary School. Bethany, who'd like a shout out as well. Also, Katie and Benjamin. Uh, Lewis from Stone School. I read that correctly this morning. I thought that was Lewis Stone School. It's not. It's Lewis from Stone School. It's all about the intonation. Sonia Spink. Hello. Good morning, Sonia. Thank you very much indeed for listening this morning. Also, Holly as well has been in touch, as has Louie and Abigail. I'm trying to get as many people in as I can. Uh, Mrs. Hughes from St. Mike's School. Good morning from year six. And Mrs. Hughes at St. Michael's Stoke Gifford trying the blog again today. Well, that is absolutely fabulous. Neve says, yay, Gerald is back. Hi, radio blogging team listeners and Gerald. We'll pass that on. Or at least I'll, I'll get Pi to pass that on <laughs> a little bit later on. Uh, Toby, hi guys. It's a miserable day, isn't it? Yes, it is. But don't worry, because we can still have fun with radio blogging. And finally, on the email, radioblogging at gmail.com, our good friend Sachin who's also an afternoon show listener as well. Been listening for the past 35 days. Wow, thank you very much indeed. Also, Ella has been in touch. Would like a shout out to her mum and dad who are putting up with her through lockdown. Um, and also, um, uh, we've had an email from... Uh, uh, we've had, an e yeah, we have had an email from Mrs. Keenan this morning. Thank you so much, Mrs. Keenan, for getting in touch. Another returning listener as well. The time, 25 minutes past 10. Over to Pie Corbett. Oh, great. Fantastic stuff. Um, it's so good that people are, are joining in with the show, uh, contributing. The Padlets have gone absolutely crazy. And uh, I just love refreshing that page and seeing things um, pop up. We've got so many on the ancient uh, the ancient city. It, I, I, I can't count them. I mean, it must be 100 or something like that. Do you know we've had over 2,000, uh, not two, over 20,000 things have been posted, either on the Padlets or in the blogs. It's quite phenomenal. Uh, mountains and forests, I put mine up. I'm still wait, awaiting approval, but no doubt at some point, if I refresh the page, other bits and bobs will pop up. We are coming towards the end of the show, folks. That doesn't mean that you uh, can, uh, uh, that it finishes. You can always go back. The show is kept up the whole day. You can pop back, add more on. My page for the mountains and forests doesn't seem to be refreshing itself. Um, so that will mean that David is working like crazy to read everybody's. Um, and uh, probably there is so much traffic that it's slowing it up. So if yours hasn't, um, if you can't see lots and lots of things on the padlets, they will eventually appear. Don't worry about that. But we're getting near the end of the show now. If you go under the second padlet, the one with the forest, we will carry the story on the airship lands and if you remember at the end of our um, story yesterday um, the airship had taken off and um, the children were were on the airship captain o'halligan there at the helm um, and they had left and i i used a, a tip or two that we picked up from thomas taylor the author of malamander and we got, anyway, Ty gripping the railings as the airship came along. But there was then um, a thunderstorm and they have to, the airship started dipping down below the clouds. Uh, they were being buffeted by the winds. Uh, and we ended with a moment later, the star grazer dipped below the clouds as air seeped out of the balloon and the engines stilled. They drifted down, buffeted from side to side, but where would they land? And I'll pick up on today's from that point. Ty stared in horror as the ground rushed up to meet them. They were swooping ever downward to what looked like an ancient ruined city. Captain O'Halligan wrestled with the tiller, trying her best to steer the stargrazer towards an open square in the city centre. By Ty's side, Mariana stood holding a sky grappling iron, fending off a strange flying creature from the skin of the balloon. Its huge talons tore into the covering and sliced an irreparable tear, like a gaping wound out of which poured the air that had kept them flying. With a dying hiss, 
the airship thudded down onto the square. Mariana had won the battle with the weird bird and it had already flown back up into the storm clouds. Ty peered over the railings at the city square that surrounded the wounded airship. Ornate stone buildings that once must have been magnificent, they crumbled. Great pillars jutted upwards, oak doorways stood ajar and huge empty windows stared down. Ruined stone buildings edged the square where several fountains no longer sprayed. The place itself was quite empty and strangely silent as overhead the thunderstorm drifted south. One by one, the crew clambered off the airship and began to take stock of the damage. Captain O'Halligan was already gathering the crew to find whatever they could to mend the balloon. It would need the toughest of hides and what they had on board as an emergency kit, kit would not cover the terrible rent that the bird had left. It was a lightning bird, she muttered to the children. Stay here whilst we go in search. You can start by tidying up. Don't leave the safety of the airship. And she strode off with the rest of the crew. And a few minutes later, the children were on their own. So the task today is you started your story yesterday with your airship and you got it up and flying. And now the airship lands. And uh, then you describe the setting and what I've done here in mine is I separated my two main characters, Ty and Mariana. I've separated them from the rest of the crew. So potentially things could, of course, go wrong. So <clears throat> that's where you need to get to um, uh, in your um, in your version, if you like, in your story. Um, and I would if it was me, I would jot it in my notebook then read it aloud a number of times. That's really important that you read your work aloud so you can hear whether or not it's working, so you can experience what the story is like. So you can, when you're reading it aloud, you will know whether or not the sentences are flowing, whether or not there's a clumsy bit that needs editing. So that's an important thing that you do before you commit yourself to creating your blog post underneath mine. Fill in all the boxes, make sure you've got your name in, of course, and then finally you can submit it. And interestingly, if you go back to the very top where it says today's show, just to the right of that, it says listeners posts. And that's where you go in and you will see your story developing and growing there and the stories of other people. And we like to put comments on each other. We have a team of people who are commentators and they leave uh, comments. These are teachers, people we know and we trust. Everything, remember, is checked. The commentators then will give you some feedback. But it's also good if all the children give some feedback. If everybody gave at least one piece of feedback to somebody else, um, then that would really be uh, useful to do. Um, because obviously you are learning from each other as we go along. But also we all need a little bit of feedback as our work develops. So that's the big task. And now we come, Piers, to the very final thing. If you come out of that page, you will see there's another orange, another orange box that says extension task. We just click on that. And this is the bit that can be recorded. So. News interview. What I've dreamt up for today is an interview between somebody in the studio and they're doing it by um, Air Scripe, which I've invented, of course. They're interviewing Ty and Mariana. So a news interview with your main characters is the challenge. And of course, you can do the voices. Uh, so uh, I've got a girl, I've got a boy and I've got a newscaster. So I'm going to need three voices for this. And that's either going to be uh, people in school or people at home or do the voices yourself. I'll just read my model through. Good evening. We are delighted to say that we have made contact with Mariana and Ty from the airship Stargrazer. This link up is brought to you by Air Scripe. How are you both? Well, the journey started well, but then we flew into a terrible storm. I was terrified. The airship was attacked by some sort of savage bird. It was larger than an albatross. It had ragged wings, a massive beak, and tore at the balloon with razor-sharp talons. There was a sudden jolt, and we were spiralling down. I held on for dear life, but imagined that it would be up for us. Oh, I see. That sounds awful. Mariana, how are you faring? 
it's been amazing. I managed to fight off the lightning bird with a sky grappling iron as we zoom down into the ruined city. The balloon, it's got an enormous tear in it and we don't have enough spare hide to mend it. So Captain O'Hallican, she's truly amazing. She's gone off with the crew to see what they can find and we're sorting the airship out. It's been the best adventure ever. Once we're flying again, we'll be... Oh dear, we seem to have lost them. More on that story tomorrow. Now it's over to Leanne for the weather report. So the challenge is to write a news interview with your main characters and then create your blog. Now, if you look down to the very bottom of the page, you will see a padlet that says perform your writing. David, how do people set about this uh, bit? Because this is what we start tomorrow with a performance. And we only had two for today. We'd like to get more, wouldn't we? We would indeed. Sometimes we get we get uh, uh, stacks and stacks of them. Um, the process of doing this, children, is, is really simple. Uh, a couple of things to note as well is that when you uh, create your post-it note, just exactly the same as what we have been doing today, you can select from a list the resource you want to use. So uh, when you create it, you'll have before you put your name on it, you'll see three little dots like an ellipsis. You click on there, it'll bring a list of all different all different types of things you can use uh, within the Padlet. And the one you want to try to use is called voice. Um, and it will ask permission to use your microphone. So whatever device you've got, it'll use the built-in microphone. Or if you've got a computer, it will use the microphone that's um, that's plugged into it. If you don't have a microphone, you can plug in headphones into the microphone socket and speak into those. That should still work. Um, but if you're having any problems with the audio for the voice, and it's not working, you can always try the video. Now, a few people do this, but I must remind you all, please, if you're using the video, cover up the actual camera. We want your voice. We can't, we don't want to see your um, the images of you. We can't put that on because it wouldn't be safe for us to do that online. And uh, a couple have done that, and we've had to just take the audio off. Um, if there are any problems, get a parent to contact the show, radioblogging at gmail.com. We can help. We're here all day to talk you through that. Um, but that's how to do it, Pi. But there's, there's also one other thing as well. Mm. Um, if, if anyone is making up uh, a character uh, in the story uh, that they're reporting on, if it's a real character, if this person actually exists, a celebrity or something, we can't use um, their name, unfortunately, because people would think uh, that story, or people might think that story has actually happened. So broadcasting rules means we can't do that. So you can tweak the name or make up a name or a character. That's absolutely mm -hmm. fine. Uh, but yeah, we love we love getting these. And it's the highlight of my day to come back and have a look and a listen. Um, and so it's about being brave. So hopefully children will have a go, um, practice those voices, and uh, it'll be great to hear them, won't it, Pi? Yeah, really looking forward to it. It's one of my favourite parts of the day when I hear the children joining in. We all miss each other's voices, but hopefully listening to radio blogging every single day or with us and we can come together uh, as a uh, as a classroom, really, and enjoy our creative work and creativity. Russell, as you know, I really believe in creativity. I think story is very important. I think making things, being creative is really important. Story and creativity make us feel good about ourselves. So, too, of course, does music. Russell, we are slightly over time, but we're doing rather well, I think. Um, uh, how are we going to wind the show up today? I think we should have a couple of more shout outs and that will yes. do us if we've reached the end there. It's been an amazing, we love your voices in that reading pie. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how we managed to compose ourselves. Quite stunning. <laughs> I have to say, I feel a whole new breakaway show emerging listeners. It's uh, 23 minutes to 11 and just uh, a couple of shout outs for me as well. I want to say uh, good morning to Diana James, who's listening. Thank you so much. Indeed. She says another creative hour spent with a creative writer journal a cup of tea and a slice of pie thanks to everyone who shared their ideas you have inspired me as a teacher and as a writer how lovely that's what we set out to do absolutely amazing and remember creativity is the stuff of growth ian a couple of shout outs from you 
Yes, indeed. Thank you, Russell. Um, so we've got a, a text message in from Mrs. Neeson. Uh, good morning. Thoroughly enjoying the show. Thank you. Mrs. Neeson got in touch yesterday and also was thrilled and delighted to have a shout out from the show. And that's the impact that the show is having. So thank you for getting back in touch with us today. And finally, this is a great one to finish on. Uh, a message coming from Jack. Please mention my 2.6 miles running for 10 days to make a marathon. Jack, congratulations. Well done from everybody here at Radio Blogging and certainly keeping yourself very, very fit indeed. Don't forget my 2.15 show this afternoon. Russell, back to you. I absolutely love the 2.15. Just come to the main website, listeners, radioblogging.net, and find one of the orange players. They're on every page, always at the bottom of the page, and in the right-hand and left-hand margins, they appear. The orange player. Click play, and you'll hear Ian live at 2.15. Pi, what have we got planned for tomorrow? Tomorrow is an, another story day. We've got the next uh, event and um, for Ty and Mariana, and uh, there is a stowaway on board that airship, Russell. Do you know who the stowaway is? No, not at all. Who could it be? Can we give any giveaways away? He's quite small. He's got a little tail and whiskers. (laughs) Not Gerald. It's not Gerald. Gerald the mouse. Yes. Somebody suggested he's a stowaway. (laughs) I'm running with it. Gerald is a stowaway. He he will be. But will he? Will he be all right? How will he fare in this other world that we have? We are sending him off into. So. that's happening tomorrow. And we have Sophie Anderson, who's a, who's a new writer. Uh, her first book, The House with Chicken Legs, um, absolutely stormed into primary schools, a cracking read. And then she wrote another one called, uh, it's got the word bear in the title, The Girl Who Speaks Bear. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great, great read. Sorry, I can't remember these things. You know, I, I have to plead bus pass. on the real. Pass, yeah. uh, but, uh, absolutely <laughs> fantastic author. Really looking forward to that. So um, lots to look forward to. Yeah, um, we'll be working on the show, prepping it, getting it ready. And I've had a great day. And thanks to Piers, because he's really joined in, hasn't he? He has. And and he's tweeted huge bits, not tweeted, he's written huge bits, chunks uh, on the Padlets. Thanks ever so much, Piers. That really is fantastic to have an author who's so committed uh, to working with children, encouraging, inspiring and opening up all these new amazing words. The book from today, folks, was called The Frozen Sea. I recommend it to you as a fantastic read uh, uh, for, um, by Piers Torday. So there we are, Russell. Brilliant. Are we at the end? We, we are. are indeed. Just to say thank you very much to the guest uh, today, our guest du jour, Piers Torday. He's just tweeted, just finally. I mean, you, it was a, a slip, but he has been tweeting enormously well. So thank you so much indeed for, for taking part and for all your writing as well. Piers has just said, thank you so much for having me on this morning. How kind, good manners. I love that. Uh, uh, this morning, I really enjoyed chatting to you and so inspired by the brilliant creative work of all the children and the thoughtful responses from teachers teachers could do those exercises all day long. Piers, you're absolutely right, but we're too exhausted. It takes almost every ounce of energy just to get through the hour and 10, 11 minutes. But thank you so much for coming to us at 9.30. Thanks for staying with the show. I hope you've enjoyed it. I think it's our best. It's our 25th show today. Isn't that amazing? I know, I know. 25 shows, an amazing achievement. I think it's actually one of our best. And I hope you can join us tomorrow uh, when we have another cracking show for you. Until then, whatever you're doing, stay safe, stay in the dry and enjoy your wet playtime. Welcome to Radio Blogging, daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged. Brought to you by Pi Corbett, David Mitchell, Ian Rocky, and Russell Prue. Just listen and blog. It's live, fun, and interactive. And with new educational tasks every day, just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more. 